Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. So we have this concept of the people from other planets as little green men. Um, are they green from what you know? Uh, are they all the same or we got different kinds of them? George, there's at least 70 different species and probably more. But yes, uh, as odd as it sounds, there are little green men. That's not the ones we usually see though. We see the little gray ones. They're about uh, four and a half feet tall. And we see the ones that uh, are called the Nordics. They're about seven feet tall, look like us, but they're invariably blonde hair and blue eyed. They're one of the species that we have on ice. Uh, one of their crashes we recovered. Obviously with different species they have different motives. I mean are there are there good aliens and bad aliens? Are good aliens what you and know? bad aliens and all kinds of ways and reasons for interacting with us. And what are some of the reasons? Why, why would they be here? Uh, genetic experiments, uh, uh, trying to uh, there, you know there's a misconception here. People think that uh, our space brothers would bring us uh, you know uh, good things and uh, teach us uh, how to get rid of all our diseases and uh, you know, if you get to, if you stop and think about it, that may not be the best thing because if you uh, had a, had a uh, society without any disease and everybody starts living 150 years, that creates a lot of problems. You've stated that the government is in possession of potentially non-human spacecraft. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Hey guys, George Mesa, Third Eye Edify podcast. And even though I've had many shorts up until now, this is officially episode 50. It's kind of a big deal for me. Thank you for joining me on this ride. And um, nothing but thanks to all of you out there. This episode is going to be a two-parter, as a matter of fact. And it's going to be the first time that I do a two-parter where it's just me. I've always done certain interviews as two-parters. One for all the channels, and the part two just for Rockfin or Patreon. But I'm going to do it as a solo episode this time, because this topic is really near and dear to me. 100% falls in line with the title of my new book, World War U, but in a very deep and profound way. That book starts off with a movie theater experience. This is 
pretty much kind of come from the same idea. The level of entertainment programming for the past hundred years, more, as a matter of fact. More than that, knowing that H.G. Wells' More of the Worlds came out before 1900. I think 1898. 1897, as we will get to. It's been going on for a long, long time. This whole idea of, you know, aliens versus humans and all of the things that it implies. The concept that we're not alone. As you may have noticed in the thumbnail, several things that I pinpointed in the pictures, but there's plenty more to it. And I'm excited for you to take this ride with me. because It's going to be a little longer than they've been lately, I think, because I have a lot to say and I have a lot written out for all of the different things that are connected. They're all connected. So many things that, are, that don't have to do with aliens are connected in ways that you may not have thought of yet. It's just based on the narrative, as a matter of fact. There I was. Perfect product of my digital delusions. Just what they wanted. A single-digit dumbass having educated and structured conversations about things that will never be. And yet, I sensed a level of expertise coming. I sensed an almost an offense towards skeptics. Nothing I ever acted on, of course. I sensed a level of trust from shows that I was watching, sightings, for example, is a big example for me. Passed off as news, essentially. Never said that it wasn't. Random choppy footage of a tiny ball of light moving through clouds in some random abandoned field on the evening news. I couldn't wait for more. If there was a positive, I suddenly distrusted authority figures more than I ever did, particularly the government, as I was shown piles of files. 90% of the information blacked out. And some failing attempt to keep our greatest secrets of the universe in the hands of a select few. The real secrets are right here. They've always been right here. Secrets about our own minds and bodies. Ancient knowledge. Mythological truths. That's what they really want to hide. Clearly. Because anyone that speaks about it is at, at, the, at best shunned from their personal community or any place that they can have a free public voice. Aliens are just a huge distraction. That's what I think. Now, I didn't say there aren't aliens, as in entities that are not necessarily 100% human. I don't know, but I didn't say that. What I said, just to be straight up immediately, is that this whole, we leave Earth's atmosphere with rockets, they enter our atmosphere with their amazing technology. I don't really think that's possible. I really do think that we are the center of our own world, realm, universe, whatever. The center of something. 
And I think the way the stars rotate proves exactly that. But that is probably going to be a lot more for part two. You know, it started pretty, and some of you may be easy, uh, easily predicting this, but big old Godzilla here. Sorry, my monitor makes me reverse mold my actions. Big old Godzilla. Huge part of it. If you didn't hear my episode on Crow, my recent episode, we went into detail for over three hours about the propaganda and the predictive programming in Godzilla. A big part of it is outer space. Prior to and after the moon landing, of course, at the end of the 60s. 60s being Godzilla prime time. So, so many space things. And they were shown more on TV at the time. I'm talking about the 80s now. There were more of the space movies than anything else. And you notice at the beginning, there were some clips. Some of them were also from around this time period. So it, it never ends. The cavalcade of covering your eyes from truth and bombarding you with better than reality, more interesting than life, ideas that may or may not be true. Aliens can do, aliens do it perfectly. UFOs. It's just like Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster. You get crappy footage. You get blurry images. Can't say no, can't say yes. Just like all those ghost shows. That's probably going to be an entirely different episode. Ghosts in general. But I'm actually going to do a Godzilla miniseries at some point this year. This is being recorded at the end of January 2024. So... There's plenty of room for that. I don't even want to get into the Godzilla thing, but know that there is a ton of outer space Godzilla and aliens and alien monsters that he fights on Earth. Plenty of it. One movie in particular, Invasion of Astro Monsters, has aliens that seem benevolent, of course. They come to Earth. They say, we need Godzilla and another monster to fight our own monster on our own planet that hides behind the sun. You never see it because the orbits are equal and equidistant. Of course, <laughs> planet X. And in, in exchange for your monsters, we'll take them off your hands. Sounds like a good deal, right? Take away nature from a natural habitat. In exchange for this, we will give you a miracle drug that cures all disease. This came up in one of the clips at the beginning. How he said that, oh, it might not actually be a good thing. You know, global warming, population bomb. All part of the Godzilla movie agendas too. And then, of course, they play the tape. They give him a tape to play, to give him the instructions for the miracle drug. It, and then it says, people of Earth, you will obey our demands. So, of course, duped yet again. Stupid humans, right? Idiot humans. <laughs> anyway. Now... From my own personal timeline, since I was born in 1982, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T. were humongous. E.T. actually coming out the year I was born. And Close Encounters, I didn't write it down, but late 70s, I think. Both from Steven Spielberg, by the way, which would probably put them under Amblin Entertainment. Um, or maybe Amblin wasn't a thing yet, because E.T. is the Amblin logo. Okay, it's coming up later. I've, I've expressed how I feel about Steven Spielberg. Several times. 
most importantly on Gaming the Expendable Youth, a recent episode that I do suggest checking out if you haven't, as entertainment industry problems, but focused on video games, more importantly shooters, first-person shooters. Since Doom, but more importantly the ones that really make you feel like you're actually a real person fighting real wars before and after 9-11. So definitely check that out. I had a lot of passion towards that one as well. Other two things that were humongous in me becoming a real like alien UFO buff as a youth, this is like post-dinosaur buff as a super young kid, right? All the things they wanted me to like, as always. It was Sightings, a show called Sightings, and a show called The X-Files, which I'm sure many of you know of. Maybe not a lot of you know about Sightings, but it was on primetime television, and it might have even been on Fox, if I am not mistaken. But sometimes they talked about evil things, Satan and other not-nice ghosts, poltergeists. The movie Poltergeist was obviously a big deal at the time. Wasn't that Spielberg too? No, maybe not. I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, So, Sightings starts October 17th, 1991. Yes, it works out to 9-11, whatever. Some dates do, some dates don't. Not a surprise, though. Initially released as a pilot by somebody named Linda Moulton Howe. And her father was the Idaho's director of aeronautics, by the way, from 1946 to 1971. It shouldn't be a surprise. Department of Aeronautics of every state, the government in general, are a humongous part of their gatekeeping this information. NASA controls space information, and Division of Aeronautics can control any, anything that has to do with UFOs in our own airspace. A lot of that footage is actually Navy and Army footage. But most of the time, it's amateur footage, as it's called. Can't get a good shot, of course. Now, this is pre-cell phone, but still the same today. It actually looks worse now, doesn't it? That is not grainy footage sometimes, (laughs) just less believable. And this has nothing to do with that mall incident that happened in Florida a few weeks ago. I don't know what that was. I actually didn't look into it very much but they were supposedly tall beings. I mean, the word just gets out. They want you to think whatever they want you to think. It's a big part of the deception. So this person, Linda Moulton Howe, has an extensive decades of accolades in many fields, a lot of commendable work. This includes work at the Stanford Linear Accelerator, which was constructed in 1966. Just think of the Hedron Collider's one of which was very close to where I used to live in Long Island. These portals, and that will save that conversation. Eventually focused on cattle mutilation. Good old chupacabra. Let me just whip out a picture of that real quick, because I I think that's worth it. Um, This being here, which you may or may not be familiar with, was rumored to be potential potentially responsible for all these cattle mutilations that have been happening around this time. It was a very popular topic. Here's the show logo for sightings. You saw this at the end of the intro. And just look at what they have in the bottom left corner there. Good old satanic Saturn has to be there. There's nothing else in this image. It looks so out of place. What is it doing there? Oh, man. 
just just can't get enough of this. I really, I just can't get enough of how it just keeps coming up over and over again. It's just what they need. It's just what they need for you to believe whatever it is that you need to believe about this stuff. And, um, you know, probably worth mentioning this now, this particular one, Earth versus the Flying Saucer, the terrifying truth about flying saucers. We'll mention a little bit more about that movie in a little bit. So the person who made sightings focused on cattle mutilation, chupacabra. A lot of the work that I can find out about that she had done has been taken in both directions. She's the best at her field, or there's hardly any proof of any of this. A lot of these animals are deteriorating from some bacteria, some disease, whatever. It's not, you know, where are these two vampire marks on their neck? That often came up from this. You know, there's like a vampire element to this. With the chupacabra, you saw those two big teeth. Hard to believe as always. And I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it, have you? <laughs> it's just like outer space. You haven't seen it. You got to trust these people that say they did. Because there is no footage of this thing. So what do we get? What do we get with all this the, the kind of UFO footage that was pushing the agenda this hard? often in open fields, again, farm animal mutilation. Suddenly farms are in peril, right? Just like right now. And this is decades ago. Almost a deterrent for even being a farmer, right? Not even, not even uh, slightly surprising at all. How else were farms and such being affected? Just remember this, crop circles intricate geometric patterns and other things popping up out of nowhere overnight no footage no sound no explanation no proof in other words don't be surprised if that becomes kind of the overall consensus for every single thing i'm going to talk about today and in part two as well or maybe not as much in part two as a matter of fact but it will be for subscribers only part two you know, the crop circles were, were almost more believable for me. And at the time, I didn't realize why. But if there is this advanced technology that is billions of light years ahead of our own, and they can just come in here and as they please silently, no one even notices, come and mutilate our bodies, mutilate our cattle. Maybe they do have advanced you know, frequency manipulation. And when they land, it turns into these frequency patterns. Yeah. Nowadays, I can see this being actually more plausible than most things they show you. So it's funny how that sort of snuck its way in there, and that's just the way it was. But this comes, um, again, from sightings. This show, Sightings, was showing all of these things. Werewolves, demons, ghosts, UFOs, alien abductions, anything you can possibly name in this field, Loch Ness Monster, all of it. All comes from this. Several episodes on Chupacabra. I remember it was just they kept mentioning it. It was a news show. It was shown to be taking place in a newsroom with a pretty crappy green screen from host Tim White, as I remember. And it was never passed off as fake. And I actually I clearly remember what was potentially its very last episode was them confirming the narrative of the Blair Witch Project movie, which of course was not true, 
but there was this whole found footage idea where they found the backpack underneath some rocks. It was impossible that it could have been under there. And they found the footage that made the movie. And passing it off as real. Now, that was a marketing campaign we found out from the people who made the movie. Absolute genius, by the way. But certainly pushed more of the kinds of footage we're used to seeing from cell phones nowadays. Um, much like Cloverfield, which I did mention on that Crow episode, I will certainly bring that into the Godzilla series I'm going to have soon. But it's not... Even now, as I look up sightings things, it's not being said that it wasn't real news or intended to be real. I, I can't find information that says, the, you know, the satire sightings show. No. No, it's, none of that is available. It, it really is still being played off as real, as if it were really trying to report on these things. And it was just a bunch of nonsense. I was pretty young, of course. And I specifically remember one episode was about Satan and just the devil and hell in general. You know, I mean, it really, really just wasn't for kids. And I was 100% believing every single word I heard from this thing. It was so easy to believe that they were aliens, of course, because there were so many myriad of stars in the sky. How could there not be several species of aliens for every star, right? So easy to make it all work when you believe in a certain model of the place that you live. To be reserved for part two. Show me proof. No footage anywhere, ever. Just reenactments. Think of Unsolved Mysteries, potentially a far more popular show. This was the Unsolved Mysteries of specifically those kinds of supernatural topics. And something else I will be mentioning in part two is a book that I brought up very specifically and more detailed than I will next time in episode four, Astronomical Remakes, where Carl Sagan wrote a book called Demon Haunted World, who first of all, it was kind of meant two things, me, people like me are demons because I'm trying to mislead you into false truths, false narratives, the things that they're all worried about at Davos lately, and the whole world in general that's trying to fool us, quite worried, I would say. And the other parallel he made with demons, which is far more compelling and intriguing, is that he wasn't necessarily, he was saying there are aliens, but all these alien accounts, these alien abductions that we hear about are completely bogus from schizophrenic people who are experiencing the same things that religious people would experience with demons hundreds and thousands of years prior. They passed through the wall undetected. They are able to hold you silently without you being able to scream. They examine you. They use your parts for sex. They use your parts to see what we're all about, inspect our brains. It hurts. It doesn't. I see the parallels. And it's worth discussing. Even further than I did in episode four, and potentially further than I will discuss in part two of this episode. So funny enough, Here's an interesting point that may come up for more than the rest of this episode. We'll see. Why isn't this show sightings, for example, labeled as conspiracy jargon? They never let you think this show was a conspiracy theory show. Same with the most modern equivalent of it, Ancient Aliens, and all the History Channel crap 
History Channel, National Geographic, they can just screw off the way that they're just stuffing brains with bullshit now. It's crazy to me. Well, it's not crazy at all to me. It's just unfortunate. Why do proponents of this stuff get away with theories that have no evidence? Why do they get to badmouth the government without any backlash? Because that's how they rope you in. So that way, you know, oh, look, they're so honest. Badmouthing the government, they're so honest. I got to believe this stuff. Now, again, see part two for more, but as a result, you become one of the demons that Carl Sagan claims is real. You are going to be re- the people that they look for with the pitchforks and the torches. You are going to be part of the modern day witch hunt. If you grow up convinced that this is real, then you can spit all these conspiracy theories out for them, and then everyone can look at you strangely, and it helps all these people that don't believe that they're trying to lie to us. They're all part of that same glorious team, and it's easy for them to kind of band together against, you know, us. It's a mixed bag. It's a, it's a heavy thing. It's a lot of stuff, I know. But let's have a quick look at this now. Because this was another humongous part of the programming. Was it not? 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. An apparent crash. No footage, no proof, no nothing. And here we see the famous image of the man holding this strange light, what looks like aluminum, clearly, material. Claiming it was a weather balloon. There's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here until we get to this point, of course. Too bad they didn't have the barbed wire around the White House that they do now. Maybe it would have prevented this. <laughs> Just saying. And before I forget, don't forget this recent Mexican alien, the Mexican alien, which I, I keep laughing over and over again when I look at this face. This was being passed off as them revealing aliens to us. I don't even care if it's real. Just do a better job. Find something. Please find something better. I just don't know how else to say it. Radio play terrifies nation. This could have been where it really all started. War of the Worlds. 1938 broadcast on the Hallow's Eve, Eve, all Hallow's Eve, October 30th. See my episode 12, Unholy Trinities, for a much, much deeper look into the Bernaysian style of molding the minds of the masses with one simple trick. That radio broadcast could have been the most effective advertising campaign ever, of all time. We're still convinced that those things are real that they were talking about there. Martians from Mars, of course, on the Mercury Theater as it was over the airwaves. Surprised? Something I didn't know that I didn't find out the last time I talked about this radio broadcast was War of the Worlds from 1897 actually appeared in Cosmopolitan magazine first before the book which happened the next year. Cosmopolitan Magazine, who I have something to say about, well, I always have, but 
something very recent that they mentioned will be talked about. And potentially I have my wonderful wife Petra come on and talk about it with me because it has to do with her expertise as well. And we'll see. But keep in mind that War of the Worlds has an unnamed protagonist, which is a very smart way for you to feel like you're in the hot seat and it's all about you and you are experiencing everything. It's a little literary device, regardless, but for them to be using it in this very propagandist way, in this very predictive programming way where there's aliens from Mars who see themselves as right because they are the superior race. Keep in mind, this is basically promoting natural selection. This is basically promoting Henry Huxley, Darwin's bulldog, is promoting natural selection, survival of the fittest. It's actually promoting the things you need to believe in in order for aliens to make sense. You need to believe in heliocentricity for this to, to make sense. You need to believe in evolution. This is also called invasion literature. It's not the first of its kind, but it's damn close. And there's plenty of movies that follow this arc, this invasion literature, where everyone comes together because there's now a common enemy. Just like I put in the Reagan um, clip at the very beginning. Speaking so calmly, speaking like such a trained professional actor, isn't he? I think it's... And I think it's really worth mentioning again. Survival of the fittest. It's being promoted here. And also fear beyond anything else. Fear the unknown. Fear our secrets. We'll let you know when you can handle it. It's a common theme in Godzilla movies too. Godzilla's in the nearby, he's in the water, he's probably going to be on the mainland in about two hours. Should we tell the public? No. It would just cause hysteria. The very negative word towards women. And, of course, that's the one they use. Hysteria. Look into the origins of that word. Um, a lot of these movies that I will mention are from Columbia Pictures, by the way. Columbia TriStar, I guess, is what it is now. And this includes a lot of the re-releases of some of the later 90s and 2000 Godzilla movies. So it's all, they all seem to have that connection. It's either Fox or Columbia. Again, I wouldn't be surprised by any of this, but what about good old X-Files? You know, it really was just such a huge part of my youth, this show. I didn't watch it till the very end. I watched it until the movie came out in theaters. I think that's about how far I took it, because then it just sort of, sort of lost its edge as far as I could tell, anyway. It first appeared in September 10th, 1994, created by Chris Carter. And I think it potentially created more conspiracy theorists than any other show I can, I can possibly name here. Just to be, again, just to join hands and be part of the witch hunt, be victims of a witch hunt, I should say. The very creepy music that I had at the beginning. You know... The, the motto of the show is the truth is out there. 
And my show's motto is the quest for truth no matter where it takes us. The truth is out there assumes that everything they're talking about is truth. My goal is to find truth where I think it's not being given as truthfully as it can be. And here, and this episode is bringing to light just the concepts of it's predicted programming, but in one specific direction. The alien situation is really starting to heat up in the actual regular news. They really, really need you to believe in outer space and aliens. They really do. So that should make you as suspicious as possible. Most of you watching are probably already quite suspicious for one reason or another. It doesn't have to be because of heliocentricity. But if you know somebody that could benefit from watching this to get a new perspective on things that they have in common with me, please do pass this along. Sharing really helps my show grow. And growth is my goal. Of course. Yes, I want to sell the book. Yes, I want, I want people to read the book is really the best way to word it. But buying it is a, is a requirement, right? Now, here's two other blockbuster movies that really uh, push the, the ball forward. Alien from 1979 and Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1987, both from Fox. Now, I'm going to show a quick clip of Alien here, because in 2002, now here's something that actually surprised me for once. The Library of Congress deemed Alien from 1979 culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Check out this clip. What do you think? Quite significant indeed, as far as producing major amounts of fear from anything you don't know about. But it keeps you glued to the TV, doesn't it? It's amazing how much science fiction, based on absolutely nothing in regards to reality, is, are really the ones that mold our minds and the ones that stick with us the most. Because we want to know more about the unknown. But Again, it keeps you away from knowing about your own self. Your brain is enough of a mystery. Your glands, your endocrine system, that's enough of a mystery. How and why the evolution of music is what it is, that's plenty of a mystery. They want you thinking about this other stuff. Since you don't have too much time to think because you're working 60 hours a week to begin with. And therefore, you still like the stuff you liked when you were a kid because you don't have time to grow. This is the nature of it all. And this is World War U. Now, let's not forget, in Alien 3, main character was impregnated by an alien. I'm sure there's 
tons of symbolism I can go into there, but I'm going to leave that one right there. So another thing I wanted to quickly mention that I forgot, because there's been a whole lot of talk about humiliation rituals lately, especially with that whole Cat Williams thing and how a lot of black actors are forced to dress like women on screen. Dave Chappelle was not left out of that. In Men in Tights, he dressed like a woman. And um, the Chapel of David, yes, Dave Chappelle. So, speaking of X-Files, David Duchovny dressed as a woman on a show. As long as it doesn't push any unbelievably dark buttons for you, which it probably will. Twin Peaks. I'm sure you've heard of it if you have not watched it. It's potentially worth your time. But it's not for everybody, I assure you. And uh, since I showed that clip from Alien, don't ever forget about this. The double mouth it can be looked at a number of ways. Probably actually has some significance that I may or may not go into in the next one. Having a mouth within a mouth. So let's not forget Independence Day and Men in Black. 1996 for Independence Day from Fox, again. Men in Black, 1997. Both with Will Smith Willard, the slap heard around the world. Look into the name Willard. Both coming out exactly a year apart. Maybe, give or take a few hours. July 3rd, 96, and July 2nd, 97 for Men in Black. And Men in Black was Amblin Entertainment. Good old Spielberg. Never going to go away, is he? And since we mentioned Godzilla, don't forget about this Godzilla, which I dare not mention. This, this monster's name will not be mentioned in this house. 1998. Hot on the heels of Independence Day and Men in Black. Godzilla 1998, Dean Devlin, Roland Emmerich, the people who brought you Independence Day. and show you images of towers exploding from top down and all kinds of other things. Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's a lot of things that are connected here in very dark ways. We can only be sure of ourselves if we pay attention with our own honest opinions. My honest opinion is every single damn thing I just showed you is making sure that this alien nonsense going on now in the government as they're displaying and proving that, oh my God, all these things, all these things are real. I knew it. I knew it all along. We're all justified, right? We're all vilified. No, we're all justified. We're all, all the redemption is here for these decades of if. Oh, I mean, there has to be, right? Because there's so many billions of universes and stars how could there not be aliens? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, they want to study us. I don't know why. Why would they even bother with us? We use money. Why would they even bother looking at us? It's pathetic. Anyway, I think it's time for me to move on to part two here. So I'm going to take a few more notes and add a few more things before I record it. And I'll be bringing it out in just a few days after this one is being released. Thank you so much. Think about the things I've discussed here. Perhaps you're around my age and you grew up with these exact things. They were all placed for a reason at the time that they were placed. All of them. 
So join me for part two. Subscribe to Rockfin. You'll get me. Of course, you'll be supporting me directly if you subscribe to me through my channel. But you'll also get the entire, the whole world of Rockfin, which is growing very steadily. A lot of excellent stuff. So check that out. Check me out there. And hopefully, this will not be the last conversation about aliens, but I'm going to try to get somebody else who's more of an expert. And I will do my own level of um, research beyond this. But part two is going to be very interesting for a lot of reasons. I won't share at this exact moment. I'll hold off so you can find out on your own here at Third Eye Edify. Check out my website. Get on my mailing list. I'm still, of course, bass guitar teacher. And I have started my own bass university. GeorgeMessaMusic.com for more information about that. Links in the show notes, of course. And check out my wife's podcast, won't you? It's amazing. The topic she's bringing up. I'm so impressed. And I'm a bit biased too. <laughs> but it's really great. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you next time.